Okay, welcome to the Sideshow. This is the Edward episode. How you going, bro? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. No worries, man. Happy to have creators from Perth in and amongst the scene doing their thing. Um, so we'll start before we were talking about your uh, breakdancing thing. So I've heard a lot about that through friends. How did you start that and what age were you? I was probably 16, 17 and I was held into my heavy metal shit then. Oh, really? <laughs> and there was this girl that I was trying to impress, this Canadian girl. She introduced me to hip hop. So she's like, I'll listen to hip hop. I'm like, what's hip hop? <laughs> and then, um, yeah, she took me into her world. It's like, holy shit, this is dope. And at the time that I saw like Run DMC video clip and it was a uh, video clip, it's like that, you know, like when they're battling. Yeah. I was like, man, I want to do that. I want to impress her. So I was like looking around. I told her, hey, I want to learn how to break dance. Trying to be cool. And she's like, actually, you know what I found out at the store, there was a flyer. So I picked it up and then it was a, a break dance workshop. Yeah. So I went there. And I saw this dude from Germany busting this move called air flares, which I still cannot do till like you know, till now I still can't do Can it. Can you explain what that is? Just air flares is like you know the gymnasts when they do flares, Thomas flares on the pommel horse with their legs um, open and yeah, they're yeah, kind of like yeah. swinging um, with their legs up in the air and going with one hand to another. Yeah. So air flares is kind of like that, but up in the air, forty-five degrees angle, where your head's down and your legs up in the air. Oh, okay. So you're doing that, but up in the air. So is it's kind of like no hands. With your hands oh, still, so you kind of oh, like, okay. yeah, you, you're pushing <laughs> your hands, like, you know, you just, it's like thinking upside down um, handstand, but you're kind of like launching yourself around in a, in a circle. Actually, motion. I can picture that, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. It's hard to describe without seeing it. Um, so I saw this dude from Germany doing it, I'm like, holy shit. And he was like, yeah, I've been breaking for six years in my head, and six years I can be like him. <laughs> <laughs> that was like my goal. So... Anyway, so I started training and trying to impress the girls. Like, oh yeah, I started doing breakdancing now and got into hip hop. And after that, I was just like, hip hop just took it. Yeah. I, just, I was so immersed into the world. Forgot about the girl. <laughs> oh, I even forgot about it. We became friends. I was that, right? But just kind of like, I don't even care about her. Just like, man, I'm so obsessed with this yeah. hip hop, with this breaking thing. You know, try to rap and try to do everything, trying to do a bit of graffiti and DJ. But I just so like focused on dancing. And that's like, all my focus was, was that. And, and at the time, because everyone has their own like street name, like dance name. Yeah. You know, and I was like, oh, I want to rap and also dance. And then my name's Edward, and I was like, word is diction. So I was like, hey, addiction is kind of cool. Yeah, it could cool like as an MC name. And then after a while, after a couple of years, everyone's getting these name buckles, you know, like where you can put on your belt, like with your name on it. But yeah. addiction was too long, one letter too long. I was like, fuck. <laughs> like the max is eight letters, and it's like nine letters. I'm like, shit. I'm like, I need to change my name. I need this name buckle. And then uh, my teacher, and who, came, who became my best friend after, um, Benny was like, yo, edit. Just shouted that name out of the blue. I'm like, what? Like, edit. I'm going to call you edit from now on. I'm like, what? Because I used to, like, play around in a, um, in a corner, like, playing with moves and yeah. editing the moves, if you like. So I was like, man, that's pretty sick. And it can fit the name, like, the belt buckle. So I changed my name from addiction to edit. And since then, no one else had, like, the name edit. Even yeah. now, I'm, like, the only edit in the dance world. You know, it's kind of crazy. Pretty. It's yeah, such a sick so it's a sick name. Where were you actually? Where did this start? Like what? So this was started in Perth. Yeah, and we used to dance at um, in Forest Chase. There used to be a bridge that goes across, and we used to train there every Saturday, um, on the street really, oh, really? until we That's get sick. kicked out and the cops would kick us out, and then we just 
walk around and come back again and yeah. start training there again. And then later on, we move into um, Central Park, also on in, in, um, on Murray Street, Murray and William Street. And then um, we had a massive battle, um, and then attracted like hundreds of people. And then the, yeah, the cops and like not nah, security kicked us out, so we can't dance there anymore. So we went back to the bridge, and after that, we just start dancing um, for our Myers in the studio. As you get older, you just kind of stick in the studio. It's yeah. safer that way because you don't get a lot of... But it's dope that you took it to the street straight away. Oh, man. Like, yeah, that's like the best place to kind of learn it, you know. It's free. Yeah. So we just invite people, hey, if they want to learn. It's kind of like when you, if you're a skater, kind of like you just kind of join in. And yeah. And that's what we did. You just kind of like start from the outside of the circle and then you go in. You work your way in as you get better. And how did you meet those guys? Literally just going just from the there. Just from the flyers. It was like, hey, where do you train? I'm, I train in, on the streets here, there, here, here, here. And I just following these guys around. And then like introducing myself to everyone, just kind of become part of the community. After a while, you keep rocking up, and they start to know your face, know your name. Um, as you get better, you know, your ranks kind of like your street um, credit credit goes yeah. up. You know, it's like, and that's kind of cool. After a while, and um, and I started doing that, and and then you know, winning a lot of competitions here and there. And then I was sponsored by Red Bull, won Australia's championship. Oh, that's and then I was like representing for a good three years, maybe. And after that, I just start judging with Red Bull. But after a while, it's kind of like you want new challenge, and that's how I started to get into fashion. You know, I was like, hey, we want to start a shop. Yeah. Um, oh, but we act, at the time already had a brand anyway. It's called All Race, and I was just like a brand that I used to print T-shirts for my homies, and like it became uh, you know something. Hey, I like doing this, and like, my friends running my shit, so I started the brand All Race with my other good friend. So did you? Uh, I think you started that back in two thousand nine. Two thousand nine, yeah. yeah. At the time, there was only probably like three or four streetwear brands out of Perth. Yeah. Um, it was us, Gifted, um, Casey Wonder, and you got Butter Goods been around for a while, and then Highs and Lows was kind of doing their in-house brand as well. Yeah. But there's not a lot of brands. There's probably um, several other brands as well, but definitely probably like four or five brands are kind of circulating um, Perth scene at the time. Yeah, and um, where were your, uh, when you first started, did you just do it through online or did you go into stores? No, nah, there was no online. Online was there, but it wasn't as big as it yeah. is now. Yeah. So, like, there was no social media. Um, it was just like, you know, you, you trying to get into stores because we were so inspired by the hundreds, the store of the hundreds yeah. and Johnny Cupcake, you know, how like Johnny Cupcake went around um, US just kind of like handing out samples and like, you know, and making fake phone calls like yeah. hey uh, have you got the new cupcake t-shirts <laughs> and you probably heard the story and then the store's like what what is this johnny cupcake and they end up picking up the brand mm. and that's kind of like it's like man that's a good hustle you know we got to do that shit you know and, and then my, like my friend started doing around perth and um we got a few accounts we got i think three or four accounts and it be, but it's still at the time still a hobby it wasn't a proper brand even now we're still kind of just doing it for fun we don't like when so many people wearing it and it's kind of like a weird thing for me it's like man maybe i should really take a proper business class because like for me it's like i want to wear my brand but at the same time i don't want anyone else wearing it but that's <laughs> bad business yeah that's you know what i mean it's like uh and it's hard in perth because perth's such a small community that it's easy to flood it it's so easy to flood it i don't want like especially in perth you know i'm seeing three or four brands in circulation you know that's why um for me it's kind of like uh do i want to produce 100 make money or just produce 20 yeah. and we went with the 20 option you know and just kind of like because i just want small group of people wearing it. I don't want going out and I see three guys wearing the same t-shirts. Yeah, that's just right. kind of like, oh. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's kind of like how I envision it. But um, now probably like best way for for us probably starting to try to target globally rather than just Australia-wide. Yeah. 
because you know I think um, there's big opportunities there. You can sell into just the right boutiques or the right yeah. accounts rather than mass saturate yeah, the market. Right. Yeah. So when you first started that solely you, no one else was involved when you started the actual brand. Like always, we s- me, me and my friend Shaz started that 2009. And now as he gets busy with his own business, um, we split and I kind of took on that brand yeah. and then invited my other friend, um, Seto, to join part of the company. Yeah. He's, you know, he's very onto the design and creative, um, like photography and all that. So I think it's a good addition yeah, to the right. company. Because I see uh, you guys have taken it to a different level now. It's more of like a, mm. a more, I'd say, boutique designer streetwear. Definitely. And that's the kind of like the... Um, as a streetwear brand, you kind of have to evolve as well. Yeah, I've seen that's right. A lot of streetwear brands that I grew up with, you know, A Life, Undefeated, um, Obey, Rebel Eight, they're kind of stuck in that sort of old school mentality, and and you know they're struggling now. You know, yeah. they're still. They I'm hearing like Bobby Hundreds um, complaining about how shit the streetwear scene is. Well, it's not shit. You just haven't really progressed, or you need to be able to progress with the market. Yeah. yeah. Um, because they went into the mass saturation. Uh, um way compared to supreme where they pulled back hence hey you can only get supreme at supreme stores yeah you know well everyone else kind of like hey we want to distribute it everywhere and that's something where they went they went wrong yeah that's right yeah i understand that fully um a lot of brands seem to go that way and they just push it they might make a lot of money mm. but it's not a longevity thing like no they're yeah. not thinking about where they're going to be in the next like 20 years they're thinking like All right, i can make this money in six 100%. years yeah, let's do it and then now we have another problem because everyone wants to be supreme. <laughs> so it's like every brand's trying to be so exclusive where like no one else can get the brands. You know, like so many good brands out there just like, where can you get this? Oh, you have to go to this store, Noah. Or you have to go to Dobby Street Market. Or you have to go um, wherever, you know, to get that brand. Yeah. Um, which is exciting. But at the same time, now there's so many s- competitions out there. So you have to be the best of the best. You know, you have to bring something different yeah. um, to the plate, which is super hard to do. It's like as a brand, like what hasn't been done. Yeah, that's you know it. I mean? It's more like now, like product placement on celebrities, where if celebrities not wearing it, it's not gonna sell. Yeah. So it's now about like, how do I get that celebrity wearing? How do I get ASAP Rocky? How do I get Kanye wearing it? So now there's like you see a lot of um, companies just actually focusing on celebrity placement. So the brands will pay them for service and be like, hey, I want the stylist to go and pick up these products, so whoever their style can wear it, it could be Bella Hadid or it could be Kanye West. And that's became like such a thing now. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. Um, have you uh, had anyone in a like top ranking celebrity, or not top ranking, but just any celebrity wearing your stuff yet? Have you been like focusing on that at all? Or not really. Like to be honest, it's not a for us. Is we never really envision. Oh, so you're just saying this is what people. This are is doing, what people are doing. Yeah, so a lot okay. of brands are doing. Like for us, is we still just kind of wear things that we want to wear, you know, yeah. and like same time, um, want to wear things like we thought is cool. It's like. And, and, you know, people like, we don't want it to be too mainstream and we don't want like a celebrity. Wear. If th- they want to wear it, cool, that's fine. Yeah. If they like it, if they really like what we do, then it's fine. But we're not actively trying to put it on a celebrity. I think it's more of like an LA brand kind of thing. A lot of brands in LA, they're just doing that. They're focusing solely on getting celebrities to wear it. Yeah. Um, yeah, we well see that so much on Instagram. Oh, so it's much like flooded. Now. Yeah, every brand's like, this girl's wearing this, this guy's wearing this, you know, and like, cool. But do you like the product? Yeah. And the question it. now is like, do you like the product or just because that celebrity is wearing it? You I know, think oh they're probably just getting paid to wear it like at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah, because celebrity just like they just get free clothes, so they don't care. Yeah. For a f- for a photo, who, like who cares? But then as a brand, it's like man, that's a good 
where to market. You know, they can sell like hundreds of that tea. Yeah. Um, when Kanye's when Kanye's wearing it, I find in Australia as well, like we're very like, like speaking of everyone as a whole, uh, people are very like influenced by a celebrity, especially an American mm. celebrity. I find sure. mostly like is like, yeah, if someone in Australia that was like high up there celebrity d- did that, they would really be like, uh. yeah. But like you get an American celebrity, especially a rapper. People just like flow like straight to that. That's all they want. Like man, hundred percent. And that's became like our selling point too. Like for us working at a shop, it's like, well, you know, you see Kid Cudi was wearing this shirt and Billboard cover. It became like a selling point, you know, because the kids like so obsessed with it. It's like, oh my yeah. god, I'm wearing this. Like Kanye wears this. I have to wear it too. You know, like Travis Scott just released this. I have to wear it too. Like they're so obsessed with like looking like that. Yeah. And that's the problem. Like when we grow up, it's like we want to have like our own individual signature right so like if you're wearing a hat like this i'm wearing my hat like this yeah you know i'm wearing my hat like this so like we wear that hat until everyone knows oh that's how edit wears a hat yeah yeah. i mean so it's like became like a signature thing um and so you want to have a unique kind of take on it when you look at someone the way they dress and even the way like for me it's like growing up through hip-hop it's like man everyone has a signature walk a signature you know style it's like we always talk about man style it's like you know you have to create your own identity and um, so the whole time it's like as a b-boy or as a um in hip-hop you always want to create your own identity you know, and that's yeah. kind of really important for us and nowadays it's like style is gone everyone's just mimicking each other's style mm. you know that's why it kind of annoys me when i get um like influences like asap rocky saying oh i wear like um uh, what do you call it? rock and roll uh merchandise tee because for aesthetic reason just not because i love the band or whatever it's like dude that's kind of fucked up you know what i mean yeah. because you teaching these kids you can just like you can just adapt to any style you want and became it just be very like shallow layer if you like yeah you know back then we were heavy metal shit like we were metallica because i love metallica you know like yeah. and you know every single song and like you're just like diehard fan but now you get like girls metallica t-shirt i'm like iron maiden t-shirt i'm like mm, do you even know what you're listening to do they are you know it's like, nah, it just looks cool like great yeah. <laughs> do you know what i mean it just became like a stylistic uh, aesthetic thing yeah and for me it's like growing up through through breaking through b-boying there's so much deeper meaning in clothing you know we used to roll one leg up our left leg up like when you see us wearing tracksuit one leg is always up you know you've probably seen b-boys in the 90s wearing that or they're wearing playboy bunny tracksuit and stuff like that and it's like there's reasons why they wear one leg up because back in the days in the bronx they used to ride a bike and they didn't want to get the baggy pants caught in the chain yeah. so one leg's always rolled up so and it became a stylistic thing and then you can tell about it you know oh the reason why we wear mock neck because when we go clubbing it looks fresh in the club, but at the same time, you can break on the floor. It's slippery enough so you can do windmills on the floor. You know, it has meanings, right? It's like, oh, we wear this because this, 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 this. I'm like, man, everything has meanings. Nowadays, oh, yeah, we wear it because it looks cool. Yeah. So now I'm seeing, like, 100 kids dressing up like B-boys. You know, all these brands, like, dressing up like B-boys. And, like, I'm seeing, like, Heron Preston, Off-White. They're doing this um, graffiti-style aesthetic. Like, well, cool, but, like, yeah, I guess, like, Virgil had a background in hip-hop. But, you know, do everyone else will and now everyone else is going to adapt to that that's it you know just kind of rock that look rather than like being proud of how they look I feel yeah, yeah it, it, they're putting like the the style instead of like going out and, and experiencing yourself and your life like as your choices through as a kid to create your own style they're getting it on their computer screen and then that's what they are exactly they're not actually like oh I used to write graffiti so I dress like this or I used to break dance so I dress like this yeah there's nothing actually no. to it. It's just like you said, it's like a the show. The definitions of subcultures is be- becoming so um, vague now, so blurry now, where you can't really say, oh, he's a skater. 
now girls look like skaters they don't even skate you know like guys look at like like hip-hop rappers and they don't even rap you know it's kind of like yeah the identity is lost now yeah but it's all becoming such a you know fa- we're in a fast-paced um fashion mode right now where everything's so fast you know you know looks becoming a trendy thing i've seen customers coming in and out of the stores and they look like a skate um dude one season next season they become like all dapper and like wearing button-ups and wearing dressy chelsea shoes and stuff you know it's like mm. yeah what happened to your style? You know? yeah. Like, oh, don't get me wrong. I wear shit like, different all the time, but it's always going to be my way of doing it. Yeah. You know, I wear a coat, but I wear it in like my own way of doing it. You know, I wear a hat, I wear it a different way. So people know it's always, I'm very consistent. Yeah. Um, But like now I feel like, yeah, there's a, that's the kind of thing me and um, my friends always talk about. You know what I mean? Like the generation changing. I'm not hating. I'm just saying, hey, it's different now. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like, hey, we're just going to grow with it. You know, we have to be like, we have to embrace it because the next generation is going to be different. What's going to be different from then? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Just you like know we get stuck behind like a lot yeah. of um, old brands and just general people like... That's a problem. You want to be that old man just being like, yeah, like back man. in my day. Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. It's always Exactly. Same with music. The people who yeah. said, I hate the new music. Man, man, you're hating the music. You're going to be stuck in that era. Yeah. This way you're going to be stuck in your own bubble. There's so many good music out there. Yeah, so many trash. But like back in the days, there was a lot of trash too. Yeah, but... Do you know what I mean? Like I said in this other interview, uh, mm. what we had, especially in Australia, was all like what was brought to us on like mainstream TV and radio. So we never had the internet and no. they like, well not we, but the oldest generation, they never had the internet. So they always seen what the best is. Yeah. And they're not getting like, pushed in their face what any kid that can put on SoundCloud or YouTube can do. Yeah. So it creates like that. There's a whirlwind of shit going on and you got to pick and you actually got to take time to be like, all right, I like this, I like that. There's a bunch of shit you don't like, but you might like five artists out of like 50. Like 100%. Yeah. That's yeah. just how it's changing. That's how it's changing. Like, there's so many good music now. Like, I'm going back into time where I'm listening to the 60s funk and even classical, you know, so, oh, I'm missing out this era. Do you know, if you're like kind of like stuck in that, a lot of my friends are, oh, I love the 90s hip hop. Like, dude, that's only like a decade. Yeah. yeah. There's like, we're in the 2018 now. Do you know what I mean? There's like so much good shit, like, we haven't listened to. Yeah. Even then, there's so many like, um, small bands like underground bands and musicians that we haven't heard of before. Do you know I mean like how are you just gonna like this? You know, they're just so shallow minded in my in my opinion. Yeah, no, I, I fully agree with that. Mm. It seems to be like an ongoing trend to hate on the younger as yeah. well. And like they get classed as old head, but like yeah, it is what it is and like at the end of the day, if you wanna be stuck then don't adapt. Like. Oh man, hundred percent. I'm still learning from the kids. They come up, hey, have you heard of this song? But like, what? Show me. Yeah, because I'm keen. Like I'm the worst with like music musicians. Like I don't know anyone. I bump into dudes. I'm like, who? Who? What do you do? My uncle, he musician. But like you know, like they they'll show me like, hey, listen to this. And I'm like, ah, I'm kind of digging it. So now I'm kind of like like in the new music, how it, where it's going, and understanding the culture. Because if you don't understand the culture, then you wouldn't understand the fashion now. Then yeah, you like it. you know that go hand in hand. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you're just hating on the culture now, that means you're hating on the fashion now. That means you're never going to progress. You're going to stuck in that always. And a lot of people are happy doing that, which mm. is, like, good oh, on them if fine. they want to be that person. But, yeah. But you're going <laughs> to struggle. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you're like, you stuck there. Like, you tackling that old demographics. You know, there's so yeah. many, like, new demographics you can, like, inspire still. Yeah. Mm. So, with Ori's, or how you say it? All race. Yes. All race. Yeah. All right. So, with that... Brand, when you started doing the designs and stuff, what influenced like that face with the two, like the old, well, the old <laughs> design, the old logo? With when the we came up with that, I actually drew that in five minutes because um, in my head there was um, the atom bomb by the hundreds. Remember yep. the hundreds had the bomb logo. I'm like, man, we need like a character for the brand. 
because we had our script logo and we need like a face, you know, like, and in my head, man, what would represent us? Our hip hop and sneakers, you know, and, and at the time we had um, the Jordan 4 Mars Blackman. He had this, the Mars Blackman character. Um, it's a character by Spike Lee. So yeah. he was like involved in the marketing and advertising during the Jordan um, campaign. So Spike Lee is always wearing these gazelle glasses and big chain says Mars on it. Yeah. And then like um, a Brooklyn hat that's just flick that way and says Brooklyn on the hat. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of became the face. Oh man, a Spike Lee character. So we made a, a round shape with the um, yin yang because yin yang uh, with the two stars represent me and my, my business partner and the stars represent us. We're like so different where we kind of balance each other. Yeah. And as the stars represent hip hop. Um, so we just did that with the gazelle glasses and the Brooklyn um, cycling hat. And it became like, yeah, it's like, man, that logo is still sick. And we need to do more of that. And people recognize that logo now. Yeah. 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 Um, so did you have uh, the sponsor side? Who did you sponsor back in the day? We had, we want to tackle, because for me, it's like, if in hip hop, like, I hate to do a brand that represents b-boys or breakdancers or hip-hop right because the guys in hip-hop they don't we don't want like wearing the brands that made for us yeah we want to wear other brands that we can make it into hip-hop yeah so we're wearing like skate brands we're wearing like a bunch of different brands you know and make it hip-hop so and we want to tackle more the skaters so we we um was we were hanging out with this guy um, Mason and Mason we sponsor him because he was just winning a lot of comps and like man yeah. this kid is sick yeah, he like he was like man he just and he loves the brand too so he wears it all the time and then we had a DJ Jamie Frank you know he he DJs and he loves his whole wardrobe is just all race you know so um, he always goes to the club man I'm cl- I'm DJing this and the time he just released um, the Flume and the Biggie collab like Nick Smash and it went viral and everyone oh, was playing it yeah, yeah it was yeah. actually really sick I was like dude. So he was he would be playing it and always wearing um, wearing always and that's more like the mainstream kind of scene. In the underground scene, we had MC Truth. He's always just teaching kids and, and in rural areas and like you know he's always like man like really representing the brand and it's yeah. like really teaching the troubled youth um, about hip hop. And for us, that's us. You know, like man, we're really not just tackling the skaters in the mainstream hip hop, but also the underground kids who need that attention, who need that. Um, to be looked after and they, they love it when they wear our products and like they feel like they're part of something. Yeah. We would go to like, you know, the indigenous community and, in you know, and it, you should have seen like when they would give them free t-shirts, they'd just be like, they'd take off whatever they had on and put our t-shirt on like, yeah, they're so happy. And it just, you know, like, and that's kind of like the joy we like, you know, to see um, yeah. just for appreciation. Just for appreciation also like for the kids to kind of like, man, like representing the brand like that and it has a deeper meaning than, just selling t-shirts you know it's like hey let's make this movement um yeah. let's try to create a difference um through this that's what we you know initially we call all race and like it's supposed to bring everyone in together yeah mm. no, that's sweet. in a more abstract <laughs> way yeah. yes so now with cabinet Noir, is that um cabinet noir, noir it's yeah. um it's french for black room yep so it's actually the name i came up with just because i like the color noir black yeah. and um and then cabinet just like sounds more high-end so like oh yeah black room but it actually also has a meaning it's a double meaning where um back in the day during the french um revolution day i think king charles the 13th or 14th um he had a, a movement called cabinet noir where they used to open suspicious letters this office the his office office 
where they used to open suspicious letters before it get passed on to recipients. Yeah. So there's nothing dodgy going on, and like, it, and I, I like the idea of being this kind of like secret movement and very Illuminati esque, you know. Yeah. So we're like, man, we want to do this. Like, want to create this movement in Perth, and you know, create a, a, a sneaker store, or a fashion store, where no one would know. It's kind of, but it's it's necessary to create that movement. Um, so that's why where we at location wise, we're quite hidden, and you have to discover it, you know. Yeah. And then we started that in 2000, well, I started that in 2013. Um, and start off just doing a lot of basic streetwear, sneakers, um, to where we are now, luxury uh, fashion now. So, yeah. and, and it's good to see it, that it's growing. What would you say, like, is one of your biggest um, uh, brands that you've pulled through the store uh, in, like, something that you've admired the most? Right, like... A brand I that you didn't think you'd work with? Um... I've always had an admiration for Staple because Jeff Staple started all the sneaker culture thing. Yeah. We so we stocked the brand for a few years and but then after a while, like, hey, we wanna go a bit more different route. We wanna go a bit more high end. Because there's so many brands that I love getting when I'm traveling to Japan or New York and then no one could get it in, in Australia. So we start hunting these brands that, you know, um, we always love. And the first brand to say yes to us was Comme de Garçon. And Comme de Garçon was such a good such a dope brand and then it opened a lot of doors to us you know that from there we got public school and then we got off-white you know undercover um so all these brands that we love growing up human made um stone island and all that you know so yeah. and every brand allows us to get better brands you know so yeah so now we curate the brands in a particular way and that we also trying to tackle trying to target um a huge demographic rather than a small demographic yeah and you know i think one of the customers um, explain uh, kind of like gave us the best feedback about the store actually he was like man the store this store Cabinet Noir um, doesn't dictate what I wear so when he comes in you can just wear whatever you can find your own niche you can find your own look you can find your own style and that's very important for us yeah. so we don't just give you one look so you come in you can rock up as you can wear like a dapper suiting or um, sportswear streetwear you know menswear yeah. so what do we feel like yeah, that's good. That's good that you have wide variety because I find a lot of uh, niche stores end up targeting one style for the whatever that season is and it's only that yeah. and it's nothing really like too broad so you can't really just go in and not be in that sort of scene mm. or whatever, like at least you have like a bunch right. of different styles. So we even tackle like, you know, skate brands as well, you know, um, because, you know, a lot of guys who just, I like skate brands. Like, you know, I love, gr I grew up with, you know, wearing Supreme, and all that, yeah, yeah, I can skate a little bit, but I'm not. <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm a skater. Yeah, do you know what I mean? But it's like we grew up. We have like a um, in, um, representation. Like you look at Supreme's, like man, the name's cool. Supreme is kind of like, you know, such a cool, strong name, and we want to represent, want to be affiliated with that. And I think nowadays a lot of kids want to be affiliated to that as well. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So yeah. So we we trying to tackle as much sort of uh, as wider demographics we can. Yeah, so you would say that your main influence would be hundreds plus, like that would be your main influence sort of thing? Well, as from a brand point of view, yes. Yeah. Um, but as a store, I'm very much influenced by Adobe Street Market, um, Colette, what they've done, um, you know, Broken Arm and, and all these stores like Kith. Yeah, so they've, yeah they've Kith's got a cool story. Yeah, you know, um, so they've established, they've built up this pyramid, huge pyramid, you know, that's kind of like what we... Um, we're trying to achieve too coming out, out of Australia. It's kind of hard to bring a name out of Australia. You know, people don't, some people don't even know where we are. Perth, it's like, where's Perth? You know? Yeah. And no, it's kind of like really hard to like, 
you know, I travel out to uh, to Paris, and they'll be like, "Oh, I know your store, Cabin Noir, but um, where's Perth?" You know, <laughs> they don't know where it is. <laughs> I'm like, so it's kind of funny. Yeah, you know us, but you don't know where we are. Yeah. So, but it's it's kind of cool. It's a, it's a cool challenge, I guess. You know, like for for us to like, hey, if you want to. It's gonna mean a lot more in the end, I feel. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, yeah, that's. You're not in that like circle of like cities that are so famous for their. I think there's so much going style on. Style like mm-hmm. Yeah. Making a name for Perth as well with the creative yeah. scene, the fashion scene. Hundred percent. Like I always tell, um, I was telling people, it's like you know, you go to Melbourne, Sydney, the layouts there, foundations there, but Perth is a blank canvas, so you can do whatever you want. Yeah. And there's yeah, no one right. gonna judge you. Like you know, we've got so many creatives here, musicians, artists. You know, like, yeah, like cool brands. <laughs> And tell, yeah, tell him to shut the fuck up, man. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, keep going. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think there's, like, so many um, creatives out here in, in Perth. Do you know what I mean? Like, so many cool artists. And, you know, we have a lot of a lot of actors coming out of yeah. Perth as well. You know, so people don't even know half this shit. Like, but saying, yeah, Heath Ledger's from Perth. I'm like, what? Like, they trip out. Yeah. You know, and just, like, just small things like that. There's um, a lot of, like, um, talent here. It's mm. just not um, put onto a, uh, it's not put onto a platform really, and like you yeah. can't get everything from one spot. Yeah, like that's why I hopefully I'm hoping with this podcast to put shine onto like a lot of like emerging talents or people that have yeah, been doing it. Yeah, just to give, just to give um, like a bit more of like a you know if you don't know much about Perth, like you can look at this and this will show you a bit like going on. Oh man, hundred percent. I think what you're doing is great. You're bringing creatives in together, um, and just creating awareness of what you know. I guess with what you're doing, creating awareness. Hey, this hunger for um, creatives trying to link up together. You know, because we we need to help each other out. Yeah, you know, yeah. we're such a small community, and you know, but that's a, also going to be a challenge for you, I guess. And like, because a lot of creatives like, no, nah, we're doing our shit and you're doing your stuff. You know, well, it should be, hey, cool, what you're doing is cool. Let's collaborate and let's help. Let's try and make it bigger. Let's try to create an impact. Yeah. Um. You know, there's so many like a lot of my friends trying to do that, but just don't know how to do it. You know, and, and it's good. Like you, you're doing like this. I think it it will link connect everyone up. Yeah, yeah, that's the plan. Yeah. I th- um. When you started doing your breakdance scene and your competition wise of that like did you travel anywhere with that or was it just yes like actually i spent probably my 20s traveling and dancing yes yeah, and i was just kind of like you know had a lot of not a lot of money and just traveling and just seeing the world it was kind of like cool to link up with so this is what i love about b-boying right b-boys last time we went to new york just the way we dress and you just so obvious we're b-boys the way we walk and then we get b-boys like out in the street yo you guys b-boys i'm like yeah like all right, cool, you're hanging with us. Like an hour later, we'll be just graffitiing the wall, you know, like smoking blunts. And then, you know, we just became like good buddies. Do you know what I mean? Just because of the way we dress. And it's such a tight community. It's like, yo, you're crashing to mine. Next minute, we're crashing theirs. And I can go to anywhere, any city in the world. Like, B-Boss is so tight. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, because we're so rare. Like, there's not a lot of us. So when we see each other, it's kind of like, wow, what, you do this too? Yeah. Do you know, well, we're going to be homies. We're going to look after you. Same thing. If people come to Perth, like you be worse like we're gonna look after you we're going for drinks and you know we take them out we make sure they have a good time yeah and everywhere we go miami there's always friends i can go to any city and you'd be like be boys like want to link up to be boys go to the practice spot next minute we're out with them every night yeah. you know I mean? so it's like a super tight community you can't really say that to i guess like 
rappers or you know yeah, like rap, if you're a dancer that's a bit too um right it's Even too surface thing, level yeah. Mm, yeah yeah very it's like the, the, it's all i think for like even though hip-hop's a subculture like graffiti and b-boy mm. is the sub like the lower part where yeah it's more unique 100%. so you do respect someone that's actually doing the same thing you are because it's not as uh yeah it's, it's not, not as, as like it's not as popular and you just kind of we're so excited to see <laughs> <laughs> is it the dog under you yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> yeah so it's like yeah so it, it's kind of cool man it's kind of like super tight group you know I'm, I'm still catching up with my friends like we talk about hey remember 10 years ago we're in la and you're crashing on the floor it's like eight of us on the floor german's like oh yeah i remember that and we still keep in touch do you know what I mean? So it's like, even though I haven't seen him for like 10 years, but we just kind of like, hey, once you create that bond, it's like that bond is forever. Yeah, that's and it. And that's kind of like cool to, to, to see from that dance. I mean, that's like probably the best thing um, about, you know, that subculture, I guess. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I have a lot of respect for b because like, honestly, I never hear about it. Like, it's a very non-spoken topic in the hip-hop community. No. And like, it's still going on. Just and it and it sucks because if you learn the history of hip hop, we were the stars of hip hop. Yeah. Do you know, before <laughs> the MCs came out, the, the b boys back in the days in New York was like each DJ has their b boys, and the b boys are like rock up. They're like the superstars. They dance on the floor. It's like, oh my god, that's that crew. Only later on, when the MCs came out, you know, and it's like, oh shit, they can sell this, you know, this product to sell. Well, b boys, you can't really sell your dance. Yeah. So it's like that's that's what we always stay in the background. You know what I mean? And. And it's kind of like whether you hate or love it, that's just the way it is. Yeah. But, you know, we will start the whole scene. Even now, like, a lot of, um, if you look at Run DMC, they had a lot of respect for B-Boys. Look at um, Tribe Called Quest. You know, they had a lot of respect. They dress up like B-Boys like, as a homage. Yeah. You know, it's like, this is how my mentors dress up, which are the B-Boys, which were the B-Boys. And, uh, like, they look up to these B-Boys or the DJs, you know, which um, you don't really hear a lot of nowadays, you know. Like yeah. Well, that's the whole thing with the profession. Yeah, exactly, because yeah. I guess that's the way hip hop has grown into this mainstream um, train. Um, but yeah, it's like it's so it's kind of refreshing to see this looks coming back in again. You know, I'm seeing like everyone's like, "Cool, like you rocking mock neck now." Well, cool, you're wearing this now. You're wearing that '90s puffy like you know jacket and stuff like that. So it's cool to see the static coming in, but the story's lost, the context yeah. lost. Yeah. So now I'm always saying like, "Hey, fashion's got no context now. It's aesthetic, purely aesthetic." But that's just the way it is. <laughs> that's it, yeah, but that's another thing um, with the whole with being a b boy and not being like so. So you can't represent represent yourself through your rap, or you can't represent yourself through your flow. Mm-hmm. You do the style like is that you were saying before with like how you dress, how you walk into the room, how your style is with your dance. That's really the only way you communicate yourself oh, through right. to people. Like you're not Man, you're 100%. not out there saying like a massive speech or nothing. So. Man, it's like we used to. There was a saying we, um, me and my friends, like, man, we um, we going club, we going out tonight, we going to party, and then the way you dress has to be so outstanding, right? So you rock up into, you can just imagine a big like a crew of us going through the door, and we want to turn everyone's heads. Yeah. They're like, holy shit, these guys like mean business. Yeah. When they come in, everyone just stop. <gasps> you know, that's <laughs> kind of like the impact that we want to create. So when we come in, we just dress super extra. You know what I mean? And that's kind of like, it also tells you your rank. Yeah. As you get better in, in your in your dance or as you get better in hip-hop, like as you get more famous in hip-hop, you know, people would know your aura is different, your yeah. charisma is different. You step in, everyone's like, holy shit, like everyone just spreads, you know. And yeah. Kinda, yeah, so that's kind of like... That's cool. That's really cool to have. When yeah. you just have that confidence, like, man, like I'm the shit. Like you just... That's kind of like the power you have because yeah. you're understanding now, hey, this is the way I dress, but I've got a lot of context within me. I have a lot of deep and meaningful stuff 
inside of me that you know you can see from the outside you know yeah. if you want to if you're interested you could find out about me yeah. you know that's the kind of communication expression through your clothing that's what we like you know um what we kind of like impress people with like man and i love that every time i used to gr- i grew up watching all the older guys like man they dress up so cool like i want to be like that guy i want to be like him and you know you dress up like your mentors or the guy who kind of inspired you in a way it's like oh he wears it like this i need to be like this and i wear i want to wear my hat like him you know i want to w- i want to talk i want to like <laughs> you know i want to walk like him you know it's like and it became like as you get older as you get better with it um you're starting to develop your own style and that's what i'm saying like you start knowing oh, okay here's that's it or that's him or whatever yeah that's really cool um with your store where do you want to take that to? We want to take that globally. So we want to have this kind of, um, the store I see it more like a platform for not just creatives, but also like I've always, always wanted to make the store to make a change, not just like selling clothes, but like creating um, something positive, helping the kids or helping the troubled youth or, um, you know, something that's like a lot deeper than just, you know, creating um making mi- big money yeah um for me it's just like we want to inspire everyone um you know it's really really trying to yeah build this business globally so we can actually help more people yeah. and get more people involved yeah that's yeah. basically it yeah that's cool um and with all rise all rise, uh, i'm even fucking it up so yeah as in all race as in like all, all races. races yeah okay all race yeah, yeah. Right. sorry um with that are you planning on making that uh do you want to do that into a different, like it's personal store, or are you just playing? To be to honest, like we still enjoy it. just having that brand really small. Yeah. Um, I don't want to s- like that brand is still like for me, it's still a hobby brand. It's not even a proper proper brand. I wouldn't say it proper because we don't do two uh, two to four collections a year. We just do injections every time when we feel yeah. like it. Hey, we feel like doing this look, or we feel like doing this theme, and we just kind of inject it in there. Do you know what I mean? Like, and then it sell out, and yeah. then we get guys like, when are you gonna release? And like, well, I want to feel like it. You know what I mean? Um, Cabin Noir, on the other hand, is the other brand, so in-house brand. We're trying to push that onto the next level, um, and we want to be more consistent with it. Yeah. Um, it just right now it's a little bit difficult to to juggle all the work, you know, because we're such a small crew, and it's so hard to kind of like do everything at once. Yeah. So it's still kind of like growing brand, I guess. But you know, we want to take that globally as well. Start distributing and like trying to put it into different. Um, key stores around around yeah. the world. Yeah, yeah, that's sweet. Um, when you first started at like a young age of doing the like say with Auris or as with for like someone that's not involved in like the clothing thing, what would you say would be like something that like you would say that gives your brand content like con besides the breakdancing? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so what would make you what would you say to someone that wanted to start a brand and wanted to become something that's like, like that un- they're une- uh, unsure about their, what they actually have to offer? Do you know what I mean? Like uh, yeah, I reckon the, the best way is just do it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? A lot of people just talk about, like a lot of kids come up to me and say, hey, I want to start my own brand. Cool. It's like, and then they're telling me all these ideas. I'm like, well, just do it. Yeah. They're just saints telling me all these ideas, but like they're too scared to take their first step. Yeah. That's do you know what I mean? Way you're going to learn as well. The only way. Yeah, because it's like, look, make T-shirts. They're, they're cheap to make. Yeah. If your friend's going to support you, that means you're doing well. Do you know what I mean? If no one, none of your friends or family are going to wear it, then, well, maybe you should think about redesigning or think about something else. Do you know what I mean? Like, first of all, like, I started off because 
I want my friends to wear um, my T-shirts, my designs. And then when I realized, holy shit, like a lot of people want to wear my stuff, then you know it became a brand. And you start small first, but then as if no one else wants to wear it, and then it's it's not going to be a brand, you know. So yeah. there's going to be a problem, um, but there's no risk. You know, you keep trying. If it doesn't work, man, try again. Maybe try a different look. Try a different design. Try a different name. Try different branding. Try different method or marketing. Um, there's so many things you can do. Like t-shirts, so easy, and everyone can start a brand literally. You just you know buy a t-shirt and print it and design it. It take five minutes mm. um, to do. Yeah. And yeah, you just I, I reckon just test it out. Just yeah, taking that first step will get you mm-hmm. going in the right direction anyway. Yeah. The thing is, the key is consistency, and if you're hungry enough to achieve it, a lot of people give up. Because they think, oh, I want to be like famous doing this brand. I want to be this designer. And then they don't see the journey into that stage. And like, well, you know, you have to understand it's not. Yeah, there's levels. It's, it's, yeah, it's like it's a hard work. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm still seeing big designers struggling. You know, a lot of big designers. I mean, look at Yoji. He, he went bankrupt. Um, you know, and it's Yoji Yamamoto. He's like one of the greatest designers ever. So, you know, no one is safe. Do you know what I mean? Like everyone's still tr- trying to new things. Raf Sim is still trying to design and, you know, reinvent himself somewhere. Yeah. You know, Kim Jones trying to reinvent himself. Virgil trying to reinvent himself. So I reckon just give it a shot. Keep trying. Yeah. You just got to know this is not a glamorous lifestyle. Yeah. Do you know, it's hard, it's hard if you don't come from a rich family or, you know, like have celebrity friends, this is not going to be fun and game. Like, I mean, a lot of these guys who have their brands, they have a lot of connections and network. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Virgil d- didn't have it... Um, easy but he has it pretty easy compared to everyone else he's got a head start you know he knows kanye he's friends with all these celebrities and he was hanging out with all these djs and he's got money to back it up so you know yeah. what i mean so he's got a head start compared to someone else who wants to start from scratch so i look at all these guys from my days where like you know guys like bobby hundreds and um you know benny gold and all these streamer brands back in the days you know they they literally start from the ground up um, that's kind of like the the brands that I give it a lot of respect. Yeah. So you know, nowadays, just that era where, hey, you need that m- you need money and connections to m- become big, and that's the name of the game. Yeah. Look at Kylie Jenner with the makeup. You know, like she made a billion dollars so quickly. I mean, he's got the whole Jenner and Kardashians helping her out. Of course, she's gonna make a billion dollars. It makes sense. Yeah. It'll be stupid not to make that much money, right? So, with all the connection on on the friends wearing um using the makeup. So now it's like a lot harder for. For people to start a brand, if you don't have, I guess that money. But if you're hungry enough, if you're motivated enough, you can you can make it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's sweet. So, have you had much experience um, about the fashion weeks that go on around the world? Um, yes and no. Like I learned a lot of fashion being in the industry. I came in with zero experience. I've only had retail experience. Only then, we're probably one of the first stores to. Um, start traveling doing Paris Fashion Week, Japan Fashion Week and all that. Um, but that taught me a lot, you know, like taught a lot about different markets and how our market is so different to everyone else. Yeah. Like we tried to bring a lot of brands, a lot of products, but didn't work for our market. And that's the lessons we learned. And there's a lot of mistakes along the way. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, through traveling, it's, you know, everyone's on the same boat. I'm meeting a lot of buyers, a lot of designers. They're trying to figure out what's going on with the market. They're trying to figure out what's the next latest trend going to be, what's going to be the biggest hits. We're all trying to um, try to figure it out in a sense. And that's what makes it interesting. You know, like we're all trying to figure it out. No one got to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of trial and error. Mm. Yeah. That's pretty cool, but it's a very interesting way to like actually learn to like understand the market and like whatever you're trying to go for. And it's 
target that audience without seeming like you're like um, too loose ended. Do you know what I mean? Like you really want to like have a yeah a target audience. Of course, yeah, yeah. That's cool. Um, So with uh, your creative influences in your cabinet in your store, it was. Can you repeat those stores that you said before? So we've got, um, I look up to stores like, you know, Kith, Dover Street Market. It's probably like my favorite place. Uh, it's like a mini Whereabouts department. is that? Dover Street Market is owned by Comme des Garçons. Yeah. And they start off um, in Japan, the Japanese brand. Is that brand Comme des Garçons? Is that Japanese? It's Japanese too, okay. yeah, with the French name. Yeah. Um, but it's like, you know, it's, it's designed by Rei Kawakubo, which is the goddess of fashion. You know, she's so influential. And she's actually the one who brought Yoji Yamamoto up. Um, so Dover Street Market is their store and it's a multi-brand store. The only multi-brand stores or one of the only multi-brand store that carries Supreme, Gucci, Balenciaga and all these crazy brands. You have the top end. Yeah. And then the, you know, streetwear end as well. Um, it's like, yeah, that store is just so well curated. It's like going to a museum of fashion, really. Yeah. Um, you got Kith from New York. They're doing their own New York thing, you know, with sneakers and streetwear. They're a massive empire as well. Colette, unfortunately, Colette, probably one of my favorite stores, but they, they shut down um, after 20 years. They needed a break, and which is fair. They've, you know, they've been one of the best stores, if not the best store in the world for a while. And it's located in, in Paris. You know, everyone was sad when Colette shut down because um, it influenced so many different stores. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a few other stores that um, really influenced me, but I think, you know, yeah, those guys really, like, led the way. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, do you know, uh, like, have you, would you plan to, like, or do you visit, uh, like, Japan, and, like, have you visited Korea? Because apparently their scene is really popping at the moment, like, their fashion yeah, scene. Yeah, of course, like, the, the Korean scene is insane now, like, a lot of brands like Ada Era, Junjae, um, they're really popping, and Korea's, re- used to, we used to look at Japan for new things, um, but now, like, the Japanese looking for Korea for new things, yeah. you know, and it's like, everyone else, when when Japan's looking for to Korea, everyone else kind of like, what is stuff going on in Korea? And and now Korea's really like killing it with their design, and they're not they're not afraid to take a risk. Yeah. Well, everyone else staying safe. Koreans kind of like, you know what? We're still gonna take a risk. I mean, Japan is still some like dope brands coming out of Japan, but Korea I think starting to make a noise. There's a lot of scenes coming up. Even China's making noise now. Yeah. There's a lot of Chinese designers popping out of nowhere. You know, like San Quans and you know. We got Xander Chow and all that. They're really trying to like establish themselves. And now you get a lot of Western customers not afraid to wear these Asian brands. Gentlemen, whilst before it's like, no, these are these brands only worn by Japanese, these brands only worn by Koreans. Now you start seeing the Westerners wearing, you know, representing, see like Rihanna wearing San Quan's t shirt and stuff like yeah. that. That's pretty dope, you know? I reckon it's awesome that uh, the like basically everyone gets their clothes made almost there, like over that, like. In Japan, China, it's great that they're using what they have to offer the world, and yeah. they're using their people that are actually the ones that are creating most of the clothes that are going through this, like universe. Like that, these dudes are the ones that are doing it, mm. and now they've actually taken it. Like it was, it, it it's probably been happening for a while, but it hasn't surfaced to like the mainstream for till like I reckon maybe what you reckon like three years ago. Yeah, probably like even you know, just not even probably three probably two or even a year ago it just starting to pop out you know and, um because of the social media is so strong and i'm seeing yeah 
you know, big platform like Hypebeast and Heist and Body, like whatever they put, people are starting to take notice. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's such a big thing now, um, in a good and a bad way, because it's you don't you no longer discover brands. Yeah. But it's more like you're being told what brands to look at. You know, it's kind of like, yeah, you're dictated by these social media platforms. Like, hey, this brand's cool. And you're kind of like a lot of guys being sheep. You know, it's like, oh, if they say it's cool, that means it's cool. Yeah. But like, hey, do you actually like the brand? You know, there's, you're no longer questioning that anymore. You're kind of like, oh, I guess it's cool if I wear it because the other kid's going to think I'm cool yeah. you know, for wearing it. Um, but yeah, that's just the part of the um, ways to utilize the social media. If your brands are featured in there, then, you know, you might get an instant hit have you um taken much uh like time to really like look into your social media or have you actually just pushed what your what your um store is actually producing like and just push the level of photography and all that to the point where it's like hard not to just click on it and have a look well we always trying to like challenge our um you know i always challenge my photographer and the creative director and stuff to to kind of how do I how do we create a different editorial than everyone else? How do we make it more interesting? How do I how do we create it so it goes well with the collection? Because yeah. every collection is telling a story, so we will look at the collection. All right, this collection is about this, so let's shoot it here. Let's shoot it this way and that way. Obviously, we have a limited budget, and like big stores and um, big brands have like these budgets to play around with, s- which we don't have. So we have to do what we can with what we have, and that's why it's really important to collaborate with um, local creatives and artists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. to get that different perspective um and for us it's like it's cool when we get a lot of like new photographers new creators approaching hey want to work with you dope let's do something yeah do you know i mean that's like our doors are always open that's what we're trying to do more um yeah so it's cool like a lot of people like in perth kind of want to help out that way yeah do you um have many people um brands hitting you up to try get into your store uh, all the time like are they local brands or mainly there's a lot of local brands there's a lot more international brands yeah um you know sometimes we s- like if we really like it we're like we're gonna try it but you know same time now it's like hey we also want to m- make them earn it like you know this is like it's it's not easy just s- sending an email and what whatnot you know it's kind of yeah. like nowadays you have to show your sample you have to create this you have to create your own buzz for us to kind of like want your brand mm-hmm. yeah um and that's the difficulty thing and i think that's a challenge you know we never say no we say hey look not now but maybe in the future yeah you know i mean like so we want that brand to take if we feel like they're not ready then we'll let them know like hey i don't think you're ready yeah. yet you know so you need a lot of working out to do yeah it's good yeah it's definitely good to give them the constructive criticism back mm. at least instead of just the no reply yeah because yeah. it will only not only might reflect bad on us but also for the brand because if customer buys it and it's like hey the quality is not on point or this is not on point, or this was like, this graphic was stolen from another designer. It's like, I mean, there's so many little questions that we have to ask. And that's gonna reflect on both of us. Yeah. So we wanna make sure, hey, are you ready to be, you know? Yeah, so, yeah, so I guess like, we, we, we take that very seriously, like what brands to take on board. Yeah. Um, so do you wanna say anything that you have um, going on for the future of, or for just for 2018, like just to let anyone know, like what you have going on in the store, any um, exclusive releases or anything like that. Um, we're doing a lot of, I think, f- coming next year and the following year, we're going to be doing a lot of more um, brand activation, which means more pop-up stores, which means more concept little um, installations and so on. So you know, just to create a different experience. So we're trying to bring 
people back into the bricks and mortar rather than online shopping. Yeah. Because now it's just like, you know, people just go online on their phone and they just buy everything online. But I want them to feel like, hey, you need to come and experience that in-store, um, you know, when you first walk into the store, you want to be able to meet the guys, you want to be, um, you know, be a part of something yeah. rather than just like, hey, we're just buying products. Yeah, that's right. With the whole um, having like actual contents behind your brand mm-hmm. or your store and having a... F- representing what you represent like yeah and they can see that in first hand which yeah. is awesome yeah. oh man that's what i feel do. like that is like a very big thing that is lost with the whole internet but it's hard also because of rent so high and all that stuff especially yeah. in like perth it's very like yeah ridiculous at the moment but yeah i know man so many businesses gone bust right now so it's kind of like it's sad to see the city is dying in a way but we just need everyone's like support. A rebirth. I think it will be a rebirth, and that's uh, very exciting to see. Yeah, what's gonna come out of this? Yeah, for sure. No, that's awesome. Um, so do you have? So you have the plans for? And do you have? Don't have any events going on this year? You just you're planning for the next year. We've thing? got some plans we're doing. There's a fifth year, um, a fifth year birthday coming up in October. So we're gonna do an event then. Yeah. Um, not sure how big it's gonna be, but we're gonna make it fun. We want to get everyone involved and. Um, yeah, we're really gonna start planning yeah. soon. Um, besides that, there's a few pop-up stores we're gonna do. Um, you know, events that we're gonna do with with new brands we're launching as well. Yeah. Um, and just new collections of of the Cabin Noir collections coming in. And there's a few things that we we're doing that I cannot say yet, <laughs> but you know, there's definitely something on the pipeline, and it's gonna be massive 2019. We're already looking into 2000, big 2019. Yeah, um, yeah very excited for next year. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Um, I think we might, because we covered quite a lot of stuff, I think we might wrap this um, one cool. up. I'm so happy to have you here. It's good to meet you. Thanks you're for having me. Great conversation. <laughs> you've got a lot to say and you've got a lot of context behind your brand and your store. Um, I just want to say this is the sideshow. This is Edward. We're going to have all the Instagram stuff up on the beginning and at the end. Thank you for watching. We'll see you guys soon. Peace out. Peace. Thanks, bro. I hope you got everything. Yeah, no, that was good.